Our reading tonight is from Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we all say, thanks be to God. Thank you, John. John shared earlier uh, in, in our prayer session before the service that he's been praying that prayer and has really kind of paused in the middle of it to really talk to God. And uh, John, thank you for, for reading, but also just for sharing that. Um, we're going to be talking about prayer tonight. You can pray for Sid and I. Uh, Adam didn't mention it, but we had three grandkids, like, for a week now. Uh, the mother is out of town on assignment. Uh, the dad is working tonight. Yeah. Should we just have a special prayer now? Is that? <laughs> no, they're awesome. They are so awesome. But I have to tell you, I just admire you parents so much. I'm so thankful for you. Most of us have been in church for some time, many of us for a lifetime. How, ma how many of you have grown up in the church? Could I just see your hands? A lot, a lot of us. And we have heard over and over and over again that prayer is essential for our spiritual life, correct? And for most of us, we accept that. Uh, we understand it, but on the other hand, prayer is hard. Would you shake your heads or, yes, I think everyone finds it a little bit difficult at different times. When we even see the word prayer, we think maybe of frustration, of discouragement, or guilt. For many of us, prayer is not hard, it's impossible a lot of us have a less than vibrant prayer life, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. There is a quote that I, I really took to heart by Samuel Coleridge that said this, the act of praying is the highest energy of which the human mind is capable. How interesting to think about that, that prayer is just not something easily done. 
but everything has to be intact. There's so much energy that has to be there to allow prayer to happen. And so how do we pray? We're going to look back to the Word of God to find the answers on prayer, and we land on on what John read from Matthew 6. Now, last week, Pastor Adam spoke on how attitude of the heart is so important, and, and we know that. Jesus tells us that we must not be like the hypocrites who crave attention and fame and glory for themselves, but we must examine ourselves for this thing called pride. Amen? Jesus goes on to tell us that what God really desires from each one of us is a heartfelt prayer. And, and the scripture says, don't go out on the, on the street corner and eloquently give a prayer for everyone to hear and to say how amazing you are, what an amazing speaker you are. That is not what God wants. He even says in this scripture to find a place of secrecy, to go into your closet and close the door. And now, we'll be talking about that, praying privately, but also praying with community, with friends, with other brothers and sisters who also um, are striving to be disciples of Jesus. Earnestly, the Pharisees had it all wrong, and Jesus saw right through it. And so he was constantly on their case about what they did for this thing called pride. Well, let me tell you, I believe so adamantly that we learn to pray by praying. We learn to pray by praying. The same as a little baby learns to walk by walking. We don't just read volumes of books to the baby telling them how to walk. We have to teach them to walk by walking. A young boy wants to play soccer. He has to learn to play by playing soccer. He could read all the books in the world about it and watch everything and not know how to play until he tries it, until he goes out and tries it. So tonight, we're going to try a little experiment because um, Pastor Adam and Pastor Bud and myself like to keep you guessing, right? Uh, We're going to try a little bit of experiment. I'm going to just speak to you for a little while about prayer and bring up some different points to you. And then we are actually going to practice praying. Um, Pastor Adam spoke with the uh, neighborhood group leaders a couple of weeks ago about the possibility of during Lent, after the service, gathering in the back and praying because we want to be a church that prays together. We want to be a church that practices prayer. Uh, Your elders want to encourage you to develop your own deep prayer life, but we can't do that for you because we're busy trying to establish that in our own lives. And don't feel bad if you don't have a great prayer life. Just look back at the story that John read a while ago about the disciples. They had been with Jesus for a long time. They had been following him, taking notes, studying him. And 
And look at the question they ask him. Jesus, would you teach us to pray? So we're in good company with the disciples, right? Now, Jesus could have turned around and said, what? Are you, are you kidding me? You've been following me around, and you haven't gotten it yet. You haven't learned anything. But Jesus did not have that approach. He gently answered them and said, in effect, we learn to pray by praying. And then he gave them a prayer that was so beautiful and flows back and forth with praise, adoration, and then petition and asking. And sometimes we try so hard to have a formula for prayer that it doesn't work, we burn out, and somehow it gets left behind. When all we need to do, if we don't know how to pray, is to pray scriptures. Prayer is kind of like this. If you have two poles, let's say you have a, a pole right here, and you start praying, and this pole is all about praise and adoration, telling God, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the Lord of your life, praising him, telling how amazing he is. This is praise, and this is one pole. And then you have another pole over here, and, and this poll is mainly about petitioning God, asking God for something. And so for the sake of this message, let's just talk about these two polls for a minute. You start out with adoring God and telling him that. And then as the prayer continues, you're, you're over here asking God for something. Basically, all of our prayers are really adoration or asking But somewhere in the middle, as this prayer begins to flow back and forth between the two poles, there may be something that makes you really think about something in your life that shouldn't be there, and a confession comes about. Or maybe maybe going in and out of the poles makes you think about certain situations you're in or have been in, and, and gratefulness are either asking God, oh man, God, would you just help me? So for your imagination, I want you to think about these two poles tonight. Look, look back at uh, the Lord's Prayer that John read and, and see how this falls between the two poles. Our Father in heaven, how would our holy or how sacred, how blessed is your name. This certainly is the praise poll, right? And then we're going to come back. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking God, would you come down here? Would you bring with you your kingdom on this earth so we can live it out, so that we can experience it right here? Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Again, asking over here. And while we're praying this, wait a minute, I didn't forgive my coworker. Man, in fact, I've been carrying this grudge for him or her for a long time. God, forgive me. You see how the conviction comes, the confession comes, 
The adoration continues. The asking, the petitioning continues, all flowing between these two poles. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're asking God. Protect us. Protect us. Keep us safe. Keep us healthy. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Praise be to God. Amen. Prayer is an ongoing relationship with God. It is not one-sided. It is not us talking to God and him listening. It's not that. He talks to us and we listen. It goes both ways. You see, and we have a slide up for this, we have been invited personally into the presence of God. And no other religion in the world has that same invitation. Be amazed, because that invitation comes from God himself. He is inviting you in. What a beautiful invitation to come into the presence of God. He may not be there physically with you, but he is present. And prayer is relational, the ongoing and open dialogue that we have with God. Let's pause just a moment and talk about noise. And if you think about our culture, I know you think about noise. And I'm not just talking about noise in your house because I know a lot of you have a lot of noise in your house. But, but I want to focus on something very different. The universe, the stars, the moon, the suns, the planet, the universe. Now, with science, we have learned a great deal of things to know about space, where in King David's time, they did not know. But the noise of the universe, and, and King David walks out in the middle of the night one night, and he stands and he looks, and he sees this amazing universe. All the stars, big, small, bright, the moon, He sees everything about it, and suddenly he cannot stand it anymore. He is praying to God, and he says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man? that you care for him. God, you are so mighty. You are in your place. You are all-powerful, all-knowing, and yet you care about me. I, just go figure. I, I, can't, I can't take that, King David says. I just don't understand how you can love us in the middle of all that you do. So what we need to do tonight is to recognize that this is the kind of God that we have. One who loves us so much, he stops everything he's doing to listen. He even invites us in to talk to him, to share with him, to laugh with him, to cry with him. A lot of us enjoy studying Paul in the New Testament. Paul was so passionate, just 
outright so passionate about serving and loving God. And he wrote letters that still inspire us today. But in Romans, Paul sends a letter that says, Join me in my struggle by praying to God. Now his theme throughout the whole New Testament is to pray with me, work with me, labor with me in this thing called called prayer. Sweat with me. Be devoted in prayer. He recognized that prayer was not, not easy. It is very difficult. And it was work. But it is necessary for us to be in sincere, heartfelt prayer in order to be in the middle of the Father's work in the field. If you have time ever, go back and study Paul's uh, prayers that he prayed and be inspired by those. But let's look elsewhere in the Bible. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. God Almighty is saying to you, Call to me and I will answer you. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Hear this beautiful language of God to his children. Call on me, come to me, pray to me. And, and a passage that we all love, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, you depressed people, you you sick people, you unhealthy people, you poor people. Come on, come on. I'm not labeling you out. I don't want just the Pharisees. I want everyone. This invitation is so special from God Almighty. It is for everyone. Come as you are. Come to me. I just want to sit, and I just want to listen to you, and I want to love on you, and I want to answer your prayers. Spend time with me. Spend time with me. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. Now listen to this one. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Isn't that amazing? Peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is an invitation, people. An invitation for us to have something that is supernatural for us to have a miracle in our lives, for us to just be able to sit in front of God Almighty and be able to converse with him, and then how small-minded we have become about our prayer lives. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray continuously, or another translation says constantly pray. And I loved what Billy Graham said, is that he prayed all day long. 
his thought prayers when he was driving. Before he met someone, he always prayed. He was always praying. Isn't it interesting sometimes that we go through our whole day without praying, but, oh, wait a minute, everybody stop and be quiet. Let's thank God for this food. Thank you, Father, for this food. Amen. And then we continue and pick back up. Whether we are crying out in desperation or spontaneously asking for his favor, prayer is how we converse with God. It can be casual conversation or it can be very intense, emotion-filled petitioning. It can just be tears. It can be done on our knees or in the car, the shower, the elevator, or in a checkout line. A flourishing prayer comes not out of dedication to rules and regulations. Boy, don't we try to make it that, though? I mean, let's get this little routine down, and then we'll, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to pray for five minutes, and, and I'm going to do this every single day. Is it no wonder that we burn out of something like that? It comes from the overflow of a heart that is totally and fully in love with God. It comes from the overflow of a heart totally and fully in love with God. Human relationships thrive when both parties communicate with each other, motivated by love. And prayer requires the same foundation. If we are not overflowing with God's love, our prayer lives will reflect that. Our relationship with God is the only relationship that you will have where there are no secrets. There's no reason to hide behind a mask. There's no reason to lie to God because he already knows everything about you. He knows your attitude. He knows what you've done. He knows everything about you. And what freedom we can experience with that, knowing that we don't have to lie to God. He already knows In essence, when we look back at what Jesus was teaching the disciples, this is what he was saying. It's all about you, God, and I'm a sinner who needs your help. When we pray, this is basically what it boils down to. It's all about you, God, and I am a sinner who needs your help. That's very different from what we normally think. So for me personally, I had to kind of unlearn some of my rhythms of prayer, some of my thoughts. My attempts at prayer were more like this. Dear God, Sid and I had a fight last night. Father, would you just work in his heart? Would you let him see, I am not his enemy. I am just bringing wisdom to him. Would you just make this situation different? Oh, and Father, I'm not sure why I'm praying for food. Um, I I have plenty of it. And actually, Father, that's that's one thing that I kind of prefer to be in control of. So 
I, I'll just figure it out from here. And um, God, oh, just a minute. Oh, shoot. I've been waiting for this text. Oh, my goodness. Look at the time. Amen. Those were my kind of prayers. Superficial, asking just to see what God could give me with no correlation between praise and petitioning and all those things in between. Listen to this. We weaken our faith by shrinking it to think that God gives us everything that we want. We shrink our faith by believing that. Now, a loving parent knows when to say no. Can I see your parents? Yep. A loving parent knows when to say no because they want to stand firm in the way that they raise a child because saying no makes them understand and learn that life is not going to be served them on a silver platter. They need to know no, and they need to respond to parents. Parents, stay strong where you are. God stands strong with us, right? Sometimes he tells us no. Or, or sometimes we think about prayer as there's a lock, and prayer is a combination. And so all we have to do is figure out the right combination in order to open the lock. And when we do this, we miss out on this beautiful love that God has for each of us. He just wants to sit down with you and love on you. He just wants to hear you and to talk to you, to respond to you. James 4.2 says that you have not because you ask not. Another point that God wants us to ask him. God wants you to continue to ask. It's like he's saying, ask me again. Now, that's not like a father on earth saying, ask me again. I, I think when God says it, he's saying, I really want to hear you ask again. When an earthly father says it, ask me again, and it's a threat, right? But not what God says. God is saying, give me no rest. Don't stop asking me. Don't stop bothering me. Don't stop pestering me. Give me no rest until I answer you. You see, God delights in our asking. He ordains us to ask. And just as a parent loves to hear the heartfelt conversation from his child, Dad, I'm scared. God wants to hear that from us. God wants to respond to that. Our earthly father would say, come here, come, come sit close to me. Tell me, what are you afraid of? You know, I'm here to protect you. There's no reason to be afraid, but I'll sit with you as long as it takes. He's not going to say, kid, I have told you 4,000 times not to be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Now, just go in there and don't be afraid. 
He's not going to answer like that. God is not going to answer you in your prayers when you cry out to him. He is a loving God. He is a beautiful God. Psalms 18.6 says this. I love this. Y'all listen to this. Read it on the screen. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried out to God. Now listen to this term. From his heavenly temple, he heard my voice. He listened to my cry for help. Can you imagine God listening? And he recognizes your voice. Don't doubt for a minute he doesn't. Hello? He recognizes your voice, and, and he is listening for you. And when he hears your voice in prayer, he stops. He stops what he's doing to listen. This is such a beautiful description by David. I cried out to my God and his heavenly temple. He heard my voice. God Almighty is King of kings, and yet he listens for each of our voices. How comforting is that? There's also this little verb, uh, verse from Hebrews 4.16. I've really loved this verse for a long time. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love the word confidence. Coming to the throne of grace. Pray in confidence. Several weeks ago, I was talking to a Christian, and he told me, you know, this prayer stuff, I mean, I do it, but I don't believe it works. And, you know, I walked away from that conversation, and I was just like, ah. Until I started thinking about what he really said, and then I started examining myself and thinking, how many times have I prayed and not real confident that God's going to do anything? I was very convicted. I fall into that same pit. I pray the prayers, but sometimes I have this small feeling of wondering if anyone is listening or if it just goes to the ceiling. What does that mean to pray in confidence? Do we pray and think, hopefully it will turn out? Or do we pray knowing, knowing that God hears and will answer? There's a big, big difference but between the two of those. Jesus is who he says he is, and you say you believe in him and what he says, why are we still praying in unbelief? Preparing for this message was so convicting to me. What does it look like to pray with confidence? It is a combination of prayer and belief And what God tells us, it is praying a heartfelt prayer and knowing that God will see us through. It is lifting a situation up to God, placing it in the palm of his hands and leaving it there, knowing that God himself has heard us. 
He may answer with a yes. He may answer with a no. He may answer with wait. But we are to pray with confidence. So now I want to shift over and spend some time. Remember we said how to learn to pray is to pray. I'm going to ask Shauna if she'll come up with our music. And, and now we're going to practice praying. I, I love that we are a church that believes in the disciplines for our spiritual growth and that we as a, communi- a community can pray together. Uh, this is going to be different, and it's going to be, I'll admit, it's going to be a little awkward, but it's okay. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. I hope that you understand we do this in order that we can get to the next step. Remember that we learn to pray by praying. It's not made, this, this time is not made to make you feel uncomfortable, but rather to walk through what I've been talking about tonight. So bear with me. It's not meant to be perfect, but it is meant to be heartfelt. So we're going to go to Scripture, and we're going to use a passage from the Bible for this prayer, one that is very familiar with most of us. And I'll be willing to bet a dime that you have a coffee cup at home with this on it, Psalms 23. So this is kind of how we're going to do it. Just let me kind of talk about this. If you are with your family and you want to take this opportunity to kind of gather together and pray together as a family, you're welcome to. If you came with a friend or if you came with a group of friends and you would like to pray with them, that would be great. You may need to kind of get up and move around, move closer to someone. Or if you would like to sit alone by yourself and pray that is perfectly okay I want you to take a deep breath and we will begin don't be intimidated feel a bit uncomfortable it's okay this may be new for some of us a new practice We are going to focus on this prayer as a guide, and it is a great way to pray. Sometimes we forget to pray scriptures back to God. The verses will be on the screen in front of you, and you may choose or you may choose to view them in your Bible or on your phone. And we'll just start out, I'll say a word or two about the verses, and then we're going to have a little bit of time where you actually practice praying. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And when you read this, think about what a shepherd does. He leads his sheep. Perhaps this brings to your mind a time in your life when you struggled and God led you through some very dark times. 
Maybe this is the season you are in now, remembering. Maybe you just want to stop and thank Him. Or maybe you're in a situation where you really need God and you need to just ask Him, would you help navigate me through this situation? Help me. Will you lead me? Remember that God desires an honest prayer. There's no reason to try to hide from Him. He knows you inside and out. Maybe you've not been leaning into God. Maybe this is time of confession to Him. And sometimes, isn't it interesting, the word He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes we need to be made to lay down in green pastures. What does that look like? Have you been caught up with frustrations and activities so that you've neglected God? Is is this a time to confess that you have not been searching for Him? Ask Him to lead you to calmness, to still the storm. Take a couple of minutes to praise Him, petition Him, confess to Him. And if you don't know what to pray, just look back at these verses and pray them to God. It's okay. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Maybe this is a time you want to take stock of where you are. A time of examination. Has He recently restored your joy? Is it time to give Him praise for that over on this pole? And it's recognized it's not our righteousness, but it's Christ's righteousness that we are seeking. Perhaps you're experiencing deep brokenness right now. Cry out to God. Pray boldly. God, I need you to work in my soul. And if you find yourself stuck, Pray back the scripture to him.
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you see how the rod and the staff are used together here? Sheep were constantly putting themselves in mortal danger, and the shepherd would have to use his rod to get get the sheep back on the path. Like parents who love their children and have boundaries and will stand firm to grow their children in a good direction, and like children, we sometimes find ourselves going through a learning curve because of God's love for us. Has the shepherd used his rod leading you away from the cliff and back to the fold? Was it a victory? Something God taught you about himself or about yourself? Maybe you need to praise him as an expression of that. Or are you feeling comfort from his staff? Thank him for that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. If you are in a season of victory, thank him for that. If you are in a season of battle, cry out to him to lead you each step that would bring honor and glory to him. Does it feel like your enemies are winning? Ask God to do something in your life to reassure you, to restore you. And if right now your cup is overflowing, let him know. If there's something that you're feeling convicted of, confess it. He's listening. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
take stock right now of where your life is? What season are you in? Ask God for goodness and mercy. Or if you need to petition Him and be specific, tell Him, I can't see it. Please let me know. Please let me see. Let me experience your goodness and your mercy. You see, this is a space that we can let God know what we're struggling with. It is good for your heart to say what is true. God, it's so hard for me to feel you right now because I've gone through something so hard and cruel. I hurt. And with this last verse, we end with a benediction, a closing prayer. This is something that we take with us and meditate on. You see, we see goodness in God. We see mercy in God. Thank Him. Pray to Him. Praise Him. Petition. Confess to Him. Take a couple of minutes to close your dialogue with God Almighty. Father, we just pause to thank you. You have heard every word that was uttered tonight. You delight in us and our prayers, our cries to you. You know our hearts and our minds. Jesus is sitting right there on your right-hand side, and he guides us. Root us up in your love. We praise you for goodness and mercy. Help us to know you and love you more. You have loved us with your whole heart and we desire to love you with our whole hearts. You give us breath. You give us life and not just life, but the abundant life. And we are so thankful to you for loving us in spite of ourselves and in spite of our failures. You never give up on us. You give us second, third, fourth, fifth chances. And you continue to invite us into your presence. Help us, Father, to let go of the small-mindedness and fully embrace all that you have to offer us. For you are everything. In your beautiful name, And now, let us go into the world in peace and be dedicated to the Lord's kingdom work. Let us keep that which is good, reject evil, support the weak, help the needy, and honor all people. Let us love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of his spirit. May God's blessing be upon us and remain with us always. Amen. Go in peace and love.